Hey everyone, welcome to Blue Features Podcast, Stride, Organizing with Purpose, where we showcase the incredible work and voices of progressive, young, motivated organizers and leaders. Each week we will bring to you their stories from all across the country. These people are working hard to make our world a more free and just place. If you or someone you know might be interested in chatting with us, send us a message on Instagram at bluefuturenow. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining the Stride podcast today. We are excited to have you with us as we have an exciting episode ahead. My name is Morgan Starr. I'm one of the hosts today, as well as my colleague, Nick Guthman. Nick, it's great to have you with us. We are excited to record another episode. How are you feeling about today? I'm stoked. We get to talk to one of uh, the most impactful Blue Future leaders we've had uh, today on the call, which I'll let you introduce her in a moment. And I'm even more excited because our patron saint, Miss Taylor Swift, is coming to Los Angeles this week. And I'm stoked to go see her show tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I am stoked for you. It is her last leg of her u.s tour it is a big moment and you get to see the first show so can't wait to hear about your surprise songs yeah and taylor taylor if you're listening just know we would love to have you on the podcast yes blue future absolutely loves you but in addition to that we are so excited to interview one of our youth organizers and youth leaders who's been working with us all summer tirelessly uh, hailing from the state of Utah. Today we have Blue Features intern, Rhea Agarwal. It is so great to have you with us. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we are really happy to have you and to hear more about your story and how you got into this work. I know we we know you and we, we've got to learn a bit about you, but we'd love to go even deeper today. So Rhea, can you start off by introducing yourself and just sharing a bit more about your background with the folks who are listening today. Yeah, sure. So as you know, my name is Rhea and I'm currently a rising senior at Tufts University. Um, and I'm currently studying international relations and civic studies. And this summer I'm interning with Blue Future. And I'm originally from Salt Lake City, Utah, where I've lived for about 19 years. So yeah. Um, great, Rhea. Thank, thanks again for being on the show. And um, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up and sort of how you became interested in politics, uh, social justice work at, at, in general? Yeah, sure. So my sort of first experience with politics and organizing was actually in high school. Um, so my high school was very small. There were about like 70 to 80 people total in our grade. Um, and for me, this also meant that there was like a severe lack of diversity. I was one of like four students of color in my year. Um, so in my sophomore year, I actually had the opportunity to um, attend the Student Leadership and Diversity Conference through my school um, in Nashville, Tennessee. And we basically spent the entire weekend learning about, you know, the importance of celebrating diversity and sort of finding spaces to connect specifically for affinity groups. Um, and so when I came back to school the next year, my junior year, I really realized that, that there were no spaces to connect, especially for people of non-white identities. So I started an Asian affinity group with one of my friends. Um, and here we basically talked about, you know, the importance of um, being a POC in the U.S., sort of like being children of immigrants as well. Um, and that kind of that experience sort of spiraled into more student wide events, sort of talking about the importance of giving voice to marginalized students and marginalized groups around the U.S. Um, and yeah, that was sort of my first experience um, with organizing and sort of tapping into my friends and networks to build this community. And, you know, I later realized as I continued to do work in politics in high school and sort of entered college that there was a really profound value for me in 
in working together and sort of celebrating diversity and difference. Um, and I think that's really important, especially when it comes to politics. Absolutely. That is crucial. And it's it's really important that we bring our full selves to this work and our full identities. And that's so awesome that you got started in high school with creating that organization. I'd love to hear a bit more about that organization and what were some of the maybe challenges or obstacles you faced as you were first starting it. I, I could imagine there'd be some, uh, given sort of the lack of uh, diversity in your school. Yeah, so I would say one of the main challenges was there just not being enough interest in the group. So it was really up to me and one of my friends to sort of tap into our networks and sort of reach out to friends, family members, um, sort of other people who are maybe alumni of the school to sort of ask about, you know, how do we start this organization? How do we convince the administration of the importance of, of this organization? Because back then, when I first started it, there were no really affinity groups, there were no sort of spaces um, for any sort of like marginalized groups to come together. So I think one of the main challenges was one, the lack of interest at first, but then also sort of convincing the administration why this was really important to do and how this sort of translated to giving more voice to other marginalized groups um, at, in like students. Right on. Yeah, no, it's super important. And it's a story that we hear often on the podcast from young leaders across the country who sort of start their journey identifying whether in this case a lack of diversity or some other injustice some other part of their you know community that felt not right and unfair and then decided to take action decided to do something about it and i think that's one of the things that separates uh leaders from anyone else is that we become aware of something and then we decide well what can we do about this uh saying all of that i wonder if you could shed a light a little bit more as well on what it felt like and sort of what have you learned in the journey of leadership and by taking action what you know what sort of growth have you found within yourself and within your community by taking that next step of moving into action yeah definitely um it's a great question and i think one of the main ways that i sort of pursued taking action after being in that Asian affinity group in high school was joining this other um, organization in college um, that was called the Asian Pacific American Public Affairs Association. Um, and it's based in California and it's basically a civic engagement organization aimed towards um, increasing civic engagement opportunities for Asian Americans. Um, and here I basically worked on a lot of voter registration drives and sort of worked with my peers to lobby for legislation um, pertaining to mainly K through 12 education for um, Asian American youth and just Asian, Amer Asian Americans in general. Um, and I think one of the sort of like primary ways in which I grew here um, was sort of learning to communicate, learning to lead, learning to um, sort of like work with peers, even if I didn't, you know, even if we, you know, held different views, even if we were, you know, different party lines, like, I, I think just like learning to work with other people and sort of learning to um, work in like larger teams to to focus on on a major goal. Yeah, that's a great learning to take away. And I think, you know, we're always going to be working in like some of those larger teams. Uh, so it's really wonderful to hear that. And I would love to hear a bit more about your experience when you were leading. Uh, what were some, some of those feelings that came up for you? Like, what did it feel like when you stepped into that role? I think a lot of young people want to step into those roles, but maybe don't know where to start. So we'd love to hear if you have any insights on that and maybe advice to share with other young people who are looking to lead an organization or take a larger role in one. Yeah, definitely. So um, in this organization, um, which was the Asian American organization or APAPA for short, um, I was fortunate enough to lead 
um, to be a basically project lead and coordinator. Um, and I think one of the ways I was most supported was having sort of a management team that really looked out for me. Um, we were a group of about four to five people um, and sort of being in that group really allowed me to sort of identify what was working, what was not working, comparing my own experience to um, other people's experiences on the management board. Um, but then also as I was sort of becoming a leader and sort of finding my voice, I think one of the major things that I learned was sort of being able to identify the strengths and weaknesses of everyone on my team. And, you know, how can I facilitate, um, how can I find people's strengths and how can I facilitate those strengths to like create the most progress in a sense. Um, and so if I were in a team of like 15 people, I would, you know, usually try to delegate tasks, you know, try to find um, everyone's strengths and weaknesses, try to find, you know, whatever worked best for everyone. And also sort of like having a very like open line of communication and being very communicative um, with my team. And I think those were the major takeaways I got from a leader, just being like as communicative as possible and sort of um, learning everyone's strengths and weaknesses in, in that sense. Um, and yeah. Those those lessons translate so well to what you're doing now with us at Blue Future. Before we talk more about uh, your role at Blue Future uh, uh, this summer, I wonder if you could tell us a little more about any other experiences you've had um, at college and your overall journey um, to finding yourself eventually here with us at Blue Future today. Yeah, definitely. So I would say I wasn't really politically active until I got to college. Um, and one of the main reasons I became politically active was because I started writing for this, um, basically this organization called The Fulcrum. And it's a political news platform. And I basically was reporting on any changes in voting legislation that took place during the COVID-19 pandemic. And when I was sort of learning about these changes, I learned, you know, all the different ways that voter repression can take place, sort of like implementing any type of voter restrictive voter ID laws, um, sort of making it difficult for people to come away from their workspaces um, and take time to like to go to the polls and vote and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I just learned that during the COVID-19 pandemic as well especially conservative legislators, they made it very, very difficult to vote. And I think um, that in conjunction with my experience at the Asian American organization um, was really, was really, I think, profound for me because at the Asian American organization where I first worked at, um, here I was also working at voter registration drives. Um, at about the same time, I was also sort of learning about the barriers to voting in general. And, you know, um, for the Asian American group specifically in California, what I was sort of learning about was that um, there are many barriers to voting, things like social isolation and political apathy, um, any type of language barriers, or just like a lack of civic education upon like immigrating to the United States um, and sort of like being civically engaged in other ways besides voting. Um, and so I think these two experiences in conjunction with each other really taught me the importance of being an electoral participant and like trying to take sort of every opportunity to give back to, you know, your community and try to be, um, try to vote, try to really take any opportunity to um, be present. And, you know, whether it's like local elections, general elections, but yeah, just be like civically engaged. And I think that was, those two experiences were um, really major for me because they kind of got me into this world of political activism and sort of taught me why it's important to be, to be politically, politically engaged. Um, and then after those two experiences, which were mainly educational for me, um, I worked at my school at Tufts University um, at this organization called Jumbo Vote, which we basically registered voters and sort of talked to the school and like the Medford Somerville community, which is where Tufts University is. 
about sort of the importance of voting and why everyone should vote. Um, and so I think that's one of the major ways I've learned to like take action and sort of implement everything I've learned from the organizations that I've worked at and sort of implement it in the real world. Um, but yeah, those all those experiences were really transformative for me and sort of taught me the importance of being politically engaged. That's awesome, Rhea. Really just fantastic. And so, so important that we have young people like you talking to different groups of people about the voter suppression that's out there and the barriers that do exist to voting because they are very real. And it's so important that, um, you know, I'm so happy you were able to like see that and then also use that as your way um, to get more involved and civically engaged, which brings you to today. Here you are at Blue Future. So can you share with everyone what are some projects and things that you've been working on with your internship this summer? Yeah, definitely. So I've loved working at Blue Future so far, mainly because of the amazing team, um, but also because of the work that we get to do. Um, One of my favorite projects so far has been sort of learning um, and also developing the Progressive Leadership Initiative. So one of the things that I've been doing so far has been developing the website. Well, thanks, Rhea. That brings you now to Blue Future. And as some of you may know, Blue Future has recently launched a new nonprofit, our 501c3 the Progressive Leadership Initiative Education Fund. And Rhea, you've played a really big role in that. Rhea has been developing our website, folks, and it will be going live later this week, and it looks awesome. So Rhea, tell us what that was like, building a website and learning how to kind of put those pieces together. Yeah, thank you. So it's been a great experience. I've learned so much about website development, but then also so much about the importance of having sort of a platform for peer leadership development and peer leadership coaching. Um, For example, one of the other projects I'm working on right now is doing a deep dive and doing research into the importance of youth civic leadership development. So basically, what are the ways in which, you know, college and higher education, but then also community-based organizations, how can they facilitate youth leadership development and give youth the skills to basically be able to go out into the real world, you know, and, and be leaders and find their voice. And I think that has been a really interesting opportunity for me because that's not something that I've really learned about in classes or, you know, in the academic space at all. And it's definitely a problem in the real world because I, for one, have never sort of received any type of like leadership coaching. Um, It's sort of, you know, something that you kind of just learn on the job so far. But I think any type of platform to really encourage that would be awesome. So, yeah. I wonder if uh, we can just clip that part of the podcast and spread it to all of our donors and all of our partners and let folks understand exactly why we're building this new part of our organization to round out the scope of what Blue Future does, which is ultimately developing the next generation of progressive leaders uh, across the board. So thank you for that endorsement, Ria. Um, I know you've also been working on a few other pieces. I don't know if you wanna share a little bit more about uh, some of the other experience, social media related, uh, donor engagement related that you've learned just on the job. Uh, maybe even as a recruitment for uh, our next intern. Yeah, definitely. So one of the other projects I've been working on is sort of um, creating donor profiles and basically learning how to cater different emails and different requests to different donors um, based on, you know, what Blue Future needs. And it's been a great experience because I really didn't understand the sort of inner workings of nonprofit management before I joined Blue Future. And so that has definitely been a great experience. Um, And then also I have been in charge of social media for the past couple of months. And that has definitely been a great learning experience. For one, I've learned so much more about politics than, you know, I really thought I knew, especially because I'm reading it every single day to find any type of inspiration. Um, But then also I think it's given me a great skill in terms of just learning how to 
communicate on social media overall. I think social media has become definitely like the largest platform to spread information to, you know, basically recruit anyone for any type of like civic engagement for any type of political opportunity. So I think um, sort of mastering that skill has been really important for me and definitely something I'll use in the future. For sure. I I think you will. And as you know, most of our young people find out about us through social media. So it's super, super important. With that, Rhea, we are going to take a short break. We'll be right back on the Stride Podcast. Hi, everyone. Today is National Voter Registration Day. Register to vote and be a voter. You can check your registration, verify your registration, and make sure you're vote ready in time for an election coming up near you. Head to nationalvoterregistrationday.org to make sure that you are vote ready and ready to be a voter in the upcoming elections. Thanks for listening to the Stride Podcast. We are back with our Blue Future summer intern, Rhea. Rhea, thanks for joining us today. We are so excited to be chatting with you. And it was great to hear about what you're working on here at Blue Future and that these skills have been valuable, hopefully for your future, which is what I wanna talk about a little bit now. And so I know you still have some time and of course we have to graduate and things like that, but um, are there any big plans you have for your future or any dreams that you have? Yeah, so I would say, first thing I want to do is graduate. And then after that, I have mentioned that I'm really interested and passionate about electoral participation, um, specifically in the United States. But as an international relations major, I've definitely also been interested in looking at um, different types of electoral systems or voting system in other countries. Um, For example, I was actually just in Argentina studying abroad where I learned so much about the political system um, and also like the different ways in which people can vote and get involved. Um, And so I think once I graduate, I definitely want to do something along those lines. Um, my plan is either go back to Argentina or go to somewhere in South Asia, probably India, and sort of do some research about the differences in the electoral systems. Um, and yeah, that I, that's something I find really, really interesting. Um, as for more in the future than that, I'm not totally sure. Uh, but I do have this uh, running joke with one of my friends that when you know we retire, we're gonna open up this um, South Asian bookshop slash coffee shop. So that's, that's the plan, that's the long-term plan. I love that um, on both fronts and uh, comparative politics, I think is so important as we of course become a more globalized world and uh, taking those experiences you had from studying abroad um, and translating that to, you know, future impact, uh, I think is just wonderful. And of course, we'll be here to support you in whatever way we can, including buying a coffee and a book at your future bookstore. That sounds lovely. Um, we need more of that uh, in our communities, uh, particularly with the representation of uh, groups, uh, you know, South Asian as one example, who aren't as recognized or don't maybe have as many avenues for that sort of community building. You know, we've talked a lot about professional development and professional your professional life. Uh, could you maybe tell us a little bit more about some of the things you'd like to do outside of professional political world, including, importantly, how you like to kind of rest and recharge uh, so that you can stay committed to these fights for social justice for the long term? Yeah, definitely. So I would say one of the ways I like to rest and recharge is by spending time outside. Um, Utah, fortunately, is a very outdoorsy state. I would say one of the most outdoorsy behind Colorado. Um, So there's always so many hikes to do and beautiful sunsets to see. And so I always like to be outside by myself or with friends. I also love to read, whether it's, you know, fantasy or fiction books. Um, And then also finally just spend time with my family. 
Um, my favorite sort of summer tradition of ours is barbecuing in the backyard, specifically like Indian kebabs and like pineapple and stuff like that. And we always have friends over. Um, and, you know, whenever that happens, I always think I'm really grateful to be here. Um, and so I think, you know, any kind of support from family and friends that I can get and any time, any kind of time I can spend with them um, is always definitely fruitful for me. That's great to hear. It's so it's great to get outside. I feel like it makes us healthier, makes us happier. We need to see the sunshine and the trees. So glad to hear that you have time to do that because I know you are a busy person doing all of this great work uh, with us at Blue Future. Another question we love to ask every podcast guest is really what does organizing mean to them and how would they define organizing? Because it's such a big part of our work. So I will ask you that. Yeah, so this is a good question. I think one of the ways I would define organizing is sort of based on the people around me and this value of reciprocity. And I actually had an experience when I was um, in DC last summer that really solidified this definition for me. So when I was in DC last summer, um, I attended a brown bag event with the director of this organization called Empowering Pacific Islander Communities. Um, and she is a Tongan advocate and she sort of contextualized her experience with public service and organizing through Tongan proverbs. And one of the proverbs that she said, and forgive me listeners if I pronounce this wrong, but it was Tao Viva. And it basically speaks to the value of transformational reciprocity in public service and in organizing, which is how she sort of described it. Um, and I sort of saw it as a call to actions to sort of nurture and cherish the relationships that we build. Um, and I found this perspective really, really compelling because it showed me that sort of like being a public servant and organizing is really a collective effort. If you help someone, they will help you. And it's definitely something that you do together. It's very collaborative. And this was definitely a fresh perspective for me because especially in DC, which is I feel like a very individualistic and competitive city, I found this perspective really refreshing and sort of learning to prioritize the relationships around me. So yeah, at the at the heart of the matter, I think organizing is about relationship building and reciprocity. So Ria, our final question on the Stripe podcast that we like to ask everyone is about envisioning the world that we're all here trying to build. And so we want to know how you might respond to the idea of what would the world look like if we were all truly free? That's a great question. And I think definitely a difficult one because I'm not even sure if it's completely possible. But I think freedom for me in the future or even right now would kind of look like this radical reconstruct restructuring of, of all the major systems in, in the United States specifically. I can't speak for other countries, but I think in the US, many major systems like the criminal justice system, our education system, even the way that, you know, our financial system, even the way that we get loans and stuff like that is is uh, definitely very discriminatory and systematically racist against specific marginalized groups. Um, and so I think freedom in the future would sort of look like restructuring all these major systems in a way where everyone is equal and there's not one specific group that is sort of above others and being privileged within these systems. But like I said, I don't know if that's possible in, you know, in the near future. We, we hope it is. And we hope that we can all continue building to that world where we do have the freedom that you mentioned. Rhea, thanks so much for joining us. Before we let you go, we just wanted to see if you had any shout outs, that you wanted to give or any any last things you wanted to mention to our listeners yeah definitely thank you so much for having me i would definitely encourage following the blue future instagram for my daily posting but then also our tufts organization jumbo vote it's just jumbo vote the instagram and we post lots of lots of really cool stuff about voting in massachusetts so yeah thank you so much for having me thanks ria
and thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Stride Podcast from the future. Thanks for listening to the Stride Podcast today. We would like to thank Eli Silverman Lloyd for the music for our podcast. And our podcast is produced in-house by the Blue Future team. If you are interested in joining a future episode or learning more about our work, please send us an email at hello at ourbluefuture.us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.